And welcome back to another edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. I am your host, Drew Champlin, and today we're going to talk about the Birmingham Irons' big win over at Atlanta, 28-12, to improve to 3-0. Alabama has gotten a recent commitment since we last had a podcast, and we will take some listener questions. As a reminder, please search for the Champs Corner podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, CastBox, and more. Support us that way. Uh, but I know we've got Mark Jennings on the line coming back from Atlanta after the huge win. Uh, Mark, how are you doing? Drew, it is a great day to be uh, a member of the Birmingham Iron family. Uh, it is a fun, fantastic performance by the Iron. Uh, a real special day, you know, is the first road trip. I just want to thank the 45,000 fans that traveled from Birmingham to make it to Atlanta. I want to thank Governor Ivy for closing down the interstates and giving us a an escort all the way from Birmingham to the state line. It was a fantastic experience. Thank you so much to all the fans that made it, and they were rewarded by watching another dominant performance by the Iron Drew. I wish I could say I'm surprised by how well we've been performing and our 3-0 record, but uh, I had a lot of influence in putting this team together. And thanks to my my depth skills and putting together a roster, my magic touch, the team's three and zero. And and right now we're looking forward to the next goal is to go ahead and clinch a playoff spot. We hope to be able to do that in about three weeks. Uh, big game coming up at home again next week against San Antonio. We hope to have a big crowd there, and then a really big game against the three and zero Orlando Apollos the next week. Drew, I I don't know how if you can tell or not, but I cannot be more excited about this team. Drew, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. I, I didn't get a chance to go to the game. I watched it on TV on CBS Sports Network. I I saw you a few times on the field. Saw a lot of your twits from at mark jennings 55 which you can follow mark on, on twitter there what was the atmosphere there like because you know you've seen two iron games in uh, at legion field how were things over at ted turner stadium or whatever they're calling it these days i believe they're calling it georgia state stadium i'm not totally sure i didn't check that out but it, it felt like we were about home at legion field drew a beautiful legion field with all the Iron fans that were there, the Atlanta fans, I don't think, were very happy with their team's performance. I can't say I blame them. Uh, they're not real thrilled about being 0-3. They are booing the team. Uh, they are begging for the backup quarterback, Aaron Murray, to play. Uh, he didn't get in any. I thought maybe once you get down by much, you have so much, you know, you struggle so much moving the ball. Uh, and you're 0-2, about to be 0-3. You should give a backup the shot there. But the people that run the team in Atlanta know what they're doing, so – uh, are, they think they know what they're doing. So uh, it was just another great atmosphere, Drew. It really did feel like an iron home game out there today. Yeah, how were you treated by uh, a lot of the royalty, the, the big names over in Georgia, like the mayor, the governor? Did you get a chance to meet any of them? Well, let me just say that Mayor Bottoms over there in Atlanta, uh, Miss Keisha Lance Bottoms is the mayor of Atlanta. Uh, she just has a world-class operation over there. And frankly, I was pretty jealous uh, knowing the treatment that we get in Birmingham from our mayor and compared it to what uh, what the kind of treatment we got as the road team in Atlanta, uh, they really, the way they really rolled out the red carpet for us and made us feel at home, 
Uh, it was just a world-class experience for our guys. And, you know, I wish we could get that kind of experience in our own home games at Legion Field. Uh, but really, just a just a whole world class operation they have going on over there in Atlanta, and maybe one day the city of Birmingham can brag that, that they have the same thing going on. Yeah, it was a great game to watch. Another dominating performance by the defense, and the defense set the tone on that very first drive. You know, the Atlanta team uh, quarterback Matt Sims just kind of led them slowly and surely down the field, but until it got inside the the five-yard line, the, the iron got the fourth down stop, and it was really phenomenal. And then, you know, Trent Richardson scores three touchdowns. Uh, Matt Sims throws three interceptions. Um, you know, Jack Tosho had one of them. You know, Jamar Summers had another big game. He had an interception. He's been really great all season long. 28-6 uh, to six for a while, and then the Atlanta gets a late touchdown. Was it kind of disappointing to, to, get, to see the Atlanta get the late touchdown? Well, not really, Drew, because I put a lot of money on the over this week, and the uh, the total was, I believe, 36 or 36 and a half points, and that touchdown got it to the over. I knew that we were going to score a bunch of points, and we had a great defense, but I figured Atlanta would be able to, to get in a touchdown or two in the game, and they did, and I got the over. So I can't say I was real disappointed, Drew. Uh, another big week for me betting on the, on the iron. Last week, you know, I bet against the iron, but that's because I had so much inside info about some unreported injuries that – the public didn't know about. But, uh, yeah, another great week for me on the gambling front, Drew. Yeah, outstanding. And I know uh, it seems like I saw in your Twitter feed that there was a lot of people there to to send off the iron from the team hotel uh, this morning over, um, over in Atlanta. How, how did that go? It was fantastic, Drew. You know, we stayed at the Drury Inn, which is really a five-star hotel that I always try to stay at in my travels. Just a fantastic experience, and we really wanted to stay in a safe place for the players, uh, somewhere they could be away and avoid a bunch of violence and and really not have to worry about what's going on outside and get a good night's rest and get ready for the game tomorrow. And that's why we decided to stay at the airport area near College Park. It's really the safest part of Atlanta, Drew. I don't know how much you know about Atlanta, but it's a pretty safe area. I certainly wouldn't mind walking around at night and early or late at night or real early in the morning out there, so... Uh, another just part of Atlanta being a world-class experience was the, the hospitality we received at the Drury Inn. Yeah. Did, were there a good portion of the fans who came, did they get there in time for the send-off or I'm sure maybe some stayed the night, uh, last night in, in anticipation? Well, we had, I, you know, we had probably tens of thousands of fans. The parking lot was certainly full. I believe we blocked off the interstate exit. People can get off the interstate to get to the Drury Inn, so... Really, a whole bunch of people, Drew. I can't give an estimate. I'm not a population expert, but it looked to me like there were about twenty or 30,000 people at the Drury Inn. All right. Yeah, I know we didn't have a chance to talk uh, since week one, so we, 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 or not since, uh, I think the last time we talked was before the week two win over Salt Lake City. And I saw some reports in the news last week. I'm not sure how credible they were. Obviously, they weren't too credible because the, the Alliance of American Football still uh, in business and thriving. I'm actually watching the San Antonio Commanders and the San Diego Fleet on NFL Network right now as we record this. San Diego's up 22-8 to eight at halftime. But uh, saw some reports that some Week 2 payments were delayed. And I was wondering what kind of uh, uh, what kind of insight you had on that. Were you able to pay all the, the iron players or make sure that they were all paid, had their Week 2 game checks taken care of? 
Well, you know me, Drew. I'm not one to brag about my accomplishments or, or my wealth or, or how much money I have freely available and my, my liquidity I have. But I was able to pay the salaries of players in week two. The problem we had was there was a glitch in the tra- – we transferred payroll system, the first payroll system we had. That company was trying to screw us. So I went to the, the league operators and, and, and told them that, look, these guys are taking out way too much of a fee to run our payroll. We need to swap. Well, that was like six weeks ago. So we did that, and we changed payroll systems, but there was a little problem with it. And, and we got it all figured out. I covered the team salaries for week two, and everything's good. Uh, I reached out to Caden to help me out about this because he helped run my payroll when he was my business manager. And he was able to help me out with some stuff and help me figure out which system we should use. And his his business acumen really really helped out a lot. So uh, I got my money back later in the week when payroll went through and, and all the players were whole. And, and honestly, it's the least I could do for the team, Drew. All right. And then it seems like other reports, Tom Dundon, the, uh, I guess he's the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes of the NHL. He invested $225, $250 million in the Alliance of American Football. Now, was this done to save the Alliance of American Football, or was this done uh, – what, what, what was the big reason for this? Absolutely not, Drew. I don't know who's been telling – that rumor was floating around that, that uh, the AAF was having financial problems. That could not be further from the truth. The reason that Tom Dundon wants to invest in the AAF it's because he, he's frustrated in the NFL's ability to do what he wants to do in the AAF, and that's to expand the game globally to places like Europe and, and South America and Central America and Africa and Asia and, and India and all these places where the where just these football-passionate places. He wants to take the game there, and I, I think that's great. I look forward to the league expanding to those places. You know, obviously you got your, your big cities that you're looking at. The NFL always looks to places like London or, or Mexico City. We're looking at even, you know, we're looking at, at, at you know, places where there's going to be a huge following for a league like the AAF. You know, cities like Warsaw, yeah, you know, Tallinn, Tbilisi, uh, Caracas. You know, I'd love, I would love for the people of Venezuela with all they're going through right now. I wish right now they had an AAF team that they could rely on and cheer for and really take some of their troubles away. I know they're going through a lot right now, and I want to know on behalf of me and the Birmingham Iron to all of our Venezuelan listeners, we're all rooting for you. And, and, and that's really from the bottom of our hearts, and we're sending all our good thoughts our way, and good luck to you in this tragedy. And hopefully soon enough you're going to have an AAF team to call your own. And that's really my dream, too, is to, to take the game globally and, and, and really share this wonderful sport we have with, around the globe, Drew. And, and I'm just so excited about his investment and the, the vision that he has that we share for the league. And, and I cannot be more excited about it, Drew. And I look forward to, to maybe taking the Birmingham Iron to stay at the Drury Inn in, in Lisbon or somewhere. I don't know. Where, I don't know where that is, but I'm sure there's a Drury Inn there. And I hope that we can stay there one day, Drew. Drew, I'm so excited about this and taking an international trip. I, I, I'm just, I, I, they're gonna great things are gonna happen with this league, Drew. I'm telling you. Yeah, um, obviously we're at eight teams right now, and and I'm sure there's gonna be some expansion inside the United States. But is there a timetable? You know, do you look when you look at the AAF in 2020? When you're going to have guys like Jared Stidham playing in the league, a lot of these Alabama players, like you know maybe Mac Wilson as well. Uh, what are we looking like 
for, for teams next year uh, inside the United States and maybe even globally? Is there a target date for maybe getting that team over in Warsaw or Caracas or, uh, you know, I don't know, in Chile or Uruguay or something like that? Mr. Dundon has a has a plan. That plan to has a have a team overseas, an international AAF team by the year of 2021. So in only two years, less than two years, we're going to have an international team, Drew, and that's the plan. And the way AAF is going, there's not a doubt in my mind that we're going to have an international team in this league, Drew. That's fantastic, Mark. I can't wait to see how this progresses. And I know, uh, I know our Birmingham Iron are—they're going to, you know, our fans travel, so they're going to—they're going to go anywhere and everywhere, right, Mark? Uh, I, you know, I already expect the, the Iron fans, once they hear the news, to start written out a cruise ship to take them all the way to Caracas or wherever we go overseas. Uh, we have the best fans in the world, Drew, and any team in the world, and I think that was evidenced by the number of fans that we, we brought to Atlanta today. All right. Back at home uh, the next two weeks for the Birmingham Iron. Looking forward to another 100,000 or so around Legion Field. Hey, I was uh, watching ESPN this morning. Uh, I guess it was SportsCenter E60, I believe it was. They had a feature on Trent Richardson. And uh, did you get a chance to see that, Mark? Yeah, Drew, I was actually team contact for that. I helped edit it and, and, and basically was the liaison between ESPN and the team of what uh, they could and could not put in the future. So, yes, I have I have seen it. That was your question. Yeah, um, you know, at the end of uh, it was really touching, you know, about the, the stuff he's gone through. You know, obviously he was drafted very high in the NFL draft. It did not work out very well. And, um, but it's so glad to see him get another chance with the iron and scoring a lot of touchdowns. And then, then at the end of the at the end of the piece, it said, "Hey, you know, NFL teams could show interest, but Trent Richardson signed a three year contract with the Birmingham Iron. How good did it make you feel?" Uh, to see that in the piece. Well, I've had lots of discussions with Trent about this, and he he loves playing for Birmingham. He loves being part of the Iron. You know, he feels like this is his home, and he's had a little cup of coffee in the NFL, but he loves it here. You know, uh, honestly, we're working on an extension for him already. We'd like for him to retire as a member of the Iron. Uh, he wants a statue built out of him uh, next to next to Coach Bryant of him when he retires. You know, he wants to play with his son for the iron one day when his son's old enough. Uh, so it, it, that's only coming. That's only going to be a couple of years away until his son's old enough to play professional football. But uh, we love having him here. My son, Marcus, you know, when I get to talk to him, he always talks about Trent Richardson, how much he loves him. Uh, Trent's a huge role model for Marcus. And, and we just love having part of the team. And we look forward to him retiring here and eventually one day being in the iron ring of honor. I can't wait. Hey, Mark, I saw you know the week the week of the first game. I believe Lawrence Okoye, the former uh, <clears throat> British track and field athlete, was uh, was arrested for soliciting prostitution. Did not ever play with the Iron. I think he was listed on the injury report that first week. Is he still around? Do you have an update on him? I, I can officially say that we have released Lawrence Okoye, Drew. Uh, he is no longer a member of the Birmingham Iron. Uh, you know, I basically said that we were going to release him a couple of weeks ago, but uh, I can now say uh, and make it official that we have released Lawrence Okoye. How how that's uh, a sad turn of events for a guy who had some uh, some positive press written about him in preseason camp. He did, Drew. But we're a we're a family organization. Uh, we we believe in in that we our players aren't just role models on the field; they're role models off the field. 
And, you know, when you're caught soliciting a prostitute, it's hard for me to look, uh, you know, a player's girlfriend or player's mother in the eye and say, you know, we're all about family here at the Iron. We can't say that when we've got a, uh, a guy engaged in those types of salacious activities off the field in, in unsafe areas of Birmingham. So, uh, it's disappointing to us. You know, I like the guy a lot. I hope he goes on and has a great future and a great career somewhere else, but it's just not going to be with the Birmingham Iron. All right. Uh, finishing up on Birmingham Iron Talk, Mark, if people want to get in touch with you through email or Twitter or maybe even phone calls, I know you've gotten a lot of calls over the last couple of weeks. How can they How can they reach you? I have got a lot of phone calls, Drew. I gave the number out last week. If you want to contact me at the Iron Offices, you can find the number on the website. Or I can just give you the number. The, uh, the number is area code 205-847-1616. That's 205-847-1616. Call any time. I'm not in the office 24 hours a day, uh, so I may or may not be there. But please call and leave a message. I'll be happy to get back with you as soon as I can. And, of course, you know you can find me on Twitter at at MarkJennings55, or you can still email you email me, if you like, at MarkBreaksDownFilm at AOL.com. So either one of those three is fine. Like, I appreciate everybody that called me this week, and thank you so much. And, and I hope I answered all your questions. And, and a lot of people go ahead and call and getting ready for the next road trip so they can do be part of the, the, the Iron Caravan, as we like to call it. Uh, we haven't organized all that yet. We'll have more information for you uh, when, when, when it's close to time. So any way you want to contact me is good. I love hearing from you guys. I have the greatest listeners in the world. And thank you so much. Yeah, Mark, when these listeners call you, how open are you on these phone calls? Because it's not being recorded on the podcast. I mean, are you listening to any trade secrets or anything like that? Well, I can't I can't share everything, but I can certainly share some rumors going around the office about players and where a player might be heading or or what the game plan might be this week. And I, you know, uh, so I can share that type of information. I, I don't care. I, I trust our fans. I don't think anybody would call us to try to spy on us or, or try to get some inside info and use it in an unsavory way against us. So. Uh, I, I, I'll share whatever information you ask. I can't share everything. I can't tell you my social security number or anything, but uh, I can tell you who, we, who who you should expect to get a whole bunch of touches the next week. I can tell you that information. All right. Well, yeah, give Mark a call, 205-847-1616. You know, when we started this podcast about three and a half years ago, it was all recruiting all the time, and it's back then you were just working as a lackey at a golf course. So let's actually talk a little Alabama recruiting. Since we last talked, Alabama picked up a commitment from Jaquez Robinson, a three-star cornerback from Sandalwood High School in Jacksonville, Florida. Not rated very high right now by the subscription sites. I think he's number 580 in the 247 Sports composite rankings. Uh, 11 commitments for the Tide. He's the lowest ranked at this time. There's still a lot of spring football, the camp season, lot, lots of time for uh, recruits like Jaquez Robinson to uh, to increase their, their, their star rating by these subscription sites, Mark. But when you evaluate Jaquez Robinson, what comes to mind? Well, I think he's a, a pretty good athlete, Drew. I think he's greatly underrated, and I think he's underrated because a lot of people just haven't seen him yet. Uh, goes to a pretty good uh, – 
high school football program in Jacksonville, Sandalwood High. He's got great height. He's six foot one and a half, and really maybe six foot two. He's a little smaller right now, but you expect that out of guys who aren't going to graduate uh, high school for another nine months. He's only 175 pounds, but he's a guy. He's got he's big. He's got great ball skills. He's got great hips. Uh, very agile out there. He's got the frame to put on 20, 25 more pounds to keep the same speed. So. Uh, I think he's going to be a fantastic player, Drew. He reminds me a lot of another guy out of the state of Florida, really close to South Florida, Pompano Beach. Uh, played football, plays football in the ACC, I believe. Uh, guy by the name of Trayvon Mullen. Do you remember Trayvon Mullen, Drew? Uh, now, is this the same Trayvon Mullen who is the defensive MVP of the national championship game for Clemson against Alabama? Well, to be honest with you, Drew, I didn't watch that game, but I, I, I saw Clemson won, so uh, he might have been, Drew. I don't know, was he? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think he had the second of Tua Tungavaloa's interceptions. And uh, thank you. I think it's the same Trayvon Mullen who declared for the NFL draft after that game. Well, there you go. See, I think that's a pretty good comparison. Then, if I think that he's going to be Trayvon Mullen, it must be he's going to be a pretty good college player. Maybe one day Jacquez Robinson could be the MVP of the National Championship game, have an interception, declare for the NFL draft. So, I think he's going to be a fantastic player, Drew. I think he's really underrated right now by the recruiting quote unquote experts. But you and I both know what that means. So I wouldn't put a lot of faith in what they say at this point. I look for having a pretty good career at Alabama. All right. 11 commitments for Alabama in the class of 2020. In a future podcast, we'll give player comparisons for all of them. I know we haven't done it from each and every one of them just yet, but uh, we will get to that on a future podcast. We really just want to talk a lot about the Birmingham Iron this week, but especially uh, just just highlight Jaquez Robinson since he is Alabama's most recent commitment. Let's get to some listener questions, Mark. I don't want to ask you to to give out your uh, Twitter information again, but you can tweet at Mark, at MarkJennings55. I'm at Drew Champlin, but uh, you want to send all your good questions to Mark because he has all the answers. So, uh, Mark, are you ready for some listener questions? Drew, I have again, I have the best listener in the world. They ask the best questions, so go ahead, Drew. All right. We hear uh, from Matt Scalisi, and he asks, what is the best film of 2018? Uh, I assume, is he talking about high school film? Uh, He just says, what is the the best best film? The best film I've seen so far is, it comes from actually Tuscaloosa, uh, from the state of Alabama. And of course, I'm talking about Gabriel Pugh, the long snapper out of Northridge. He's got the best film I've seen out of anybody you know i talk about when i first saw thomas fletcher's film how it was just jaw dropping and i saw him snap the ball i knew immediately he's going to be an nfl hall of famer one day uh then i saw gabriel Pugh's film. it wasn't as much as i didn't want to draw dropping against thomas fletcher's uh and and but it's really good and alabama's trying to get into steel in getting uh, Gabriel Pugh, especially at a preferred walk-on, not giving him a scholarship yet. Uh, frankly, one of your best players on the team is going to be a walk-on when Gabriel Pugh gets here. So uh, he's got the best film of 2018, in my opinion. Thank you for your question, Mike. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we hear from Paul T. Graham, and Paul asks, uh, Mark, three weeks into the Alliance of American Football's inaugural season, could you give us your all-league selections? I assume Luis Perez is the quarterback and Nick Novak the kicker, but who else do you see as standouts thus far? Thanks for being the best in the business. Well, I'm not going to take all of your time and run down my top 24 uh, people I would have on the best, but I'll just say this. You're right that I think Luis Perez is the best QB, and frankly, 
I'm not surprised at all about that. I'm glad the the owner, the rest of the ownership group and team management listened to me when they wanted to draft somebody else and actually took Luis Perez. And frankly, it's the best decision they've made. And 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 he's just a fantastic player. Nick Novak, of course, we knew was going to be great. Had a real long, successful career in the NFL. But but other guys who I think are the best their position in the league, I think Jamar Summers has established himself the best defensive back in the league by far. We saw the type of plays that he made today. The type of instincts that he shows on the field, he's without a doubt the best defensive back in the league. I think Jonathan Massaquad of Troy is the best edge rusher in the league in terms of getting to the quarterback. And then we have Beniquez Brown as the best linebacker in the league. So we really do have the best defense in the league, Drew. And, and it's all because we have great players, and, and, and it's not a surprise that when you get a team and you put it together right to get great players, uh, you're going to have success. And that's what's going on with the Birmingham Iron defense right now. And that's why we had the best defense in the AAF. That's why we're only averaging giving up seven points a game. So uh, you're talking about the best defensive league. Frankly, it could be a situation where all 11 of our defensive players are first team all AAF the way this is going, Drew. All right. Uh, we hear from Norty at CK Norton 1. Mark, I believe you were the only owner I saw at the game this afternoon. Thanks for coming to Atlanta. Did you do anything fun while you were visiting Atlanta? Well, I have, uh, my favorite thing to do in Atlanta, when I go to Atlanta, I always do the same thing. It, it's I couldn't imagine doing anything else in Atlanta. Uh, frankly, you know, it, it really should be a historical landmark. Uh, such of a wonderful experience is to see it, its history behind it and the type of impact that uh, our country has had because of it. And, of course, I'm talking about the world of Coke. Uh, Drew, have you ever been to the world of Coke? I have. I think I went when I was nine or ten. I, I love it, Drew. I'd go there every day if I could. Uh, it's just a fantastic experience to see how they bottle the Coke and, and be able to taste all the different international flavors. I'd go to the World of Coke every day if I could, unfortunately. But then I went to the World of Coke and I couldn't stay forever. I had to go get my pregame meal. And I always get my pregame meal at the Cheesecake Factory So uh, when I'm in Atlanta. So that's what I do when I go to Atlanta, uh, C.K. Norton. So thank you so much for your question. All right. We hear from Gary Lloyd at Gary A. Lloyd. Mark, would love to know your thoughts on the Alabama basketball team heading into the final stretch of the regular season. What are the chances for an NCAA tourney bid? Thanks for all you do. Well, I think it's going to be pretty tough at this point uh, to get an NCAA tournament bid. You have the, uh, your professionals out there like Joe Lenardi, uh, Jerry Palm out there. I think they're leaving Alabama on the bubble to keep their subscriber base. But frankly, I don't see Alabama winning. Uh against LSU Saturday at home. And once they lose that game, I think they'll be out. And that'll be the end of uh, Alabama's attempts to get in the NCAA tournament. All right. We hear from Paul Pedram staying on Alabama basketball. Mark, besides the greatest coach out there right now, Will Wade, who would be on your short list of coaches to replace Avery Johnson if he were to leave the program this year or next? Well, two of my good friends I know are wanting to get back into coaching, and I think they'd be fantastic hires. I'm talking first about Matt Doherty, who moves into an executive role in the ACC, but I know he wants to get back on the hardwood and coaching again. And the other, of course, is Tim Floyd, who uh, just resigned from UTEP a couple of years ago. Uh, he'd be the other fantastic choice. So, uh, I frankly, I think Alabama fans should support the coach. Uh, until he's not the coach anymore. Uh, but it's in a hypothetical situation, that's not the case. You could not go wrong with either Coach Doherty or Coach Floyd. 
All right. We hear from Drew Smalley. Mark, a few months ago, I was staying at the Drury Inn in Swedes Atlanta Airport for the SEC championship game. He believes he saw Mrs. Jennings and Caden getting on the elevator together. Is that how you knew to recommend this particular hotel for the iron? Well, well, Drew, thank you for your question. But um, unfortunately, I believe you're sorely mistaken. I don't think Mrs. Jennings and Caden would ever uh, be in a hotel together. I can't remember ever directing them to a hotel. I might have, but frankly, I don't remember asking them to go check one out for me. So uh, I think you might be seeing things. Uh, with that, and I, I'm 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 pretty sure that wasn't them. Uh, I have stayed at that Drury Inn before, uh, but I don't believe I ever sent Mrs. Jennings or my wife or Caden to to go see it. So uh, I believe you might be mistaken, Drew. Might be seeing some things, but thank you for your question. All right, we hear from Alabama Pro Updates at Bama Pro Updates. Mark, with all the rain delays and suspended games that have plagued Alabama's baseball and softball schedules this month. I think it's time they stopped consulting with James Spann on home road scheduling. Have you shared your weather forecasting prowess with Mr. Byrne? I have. Uh, thank you for your question, uh, Bama Pro Updates. Uh, I have shared some of that information. As you recall, uh, it was my idea to use the helicopters to draw off the field before the Iron Bowl this year. So uh, he does listen to me some when it comes to weather and some of my ideas. Uh, but, but frankly, you know, those schedules are put so far in advance, uh, and my models aren't accurate enough to, to, to predict what's going to happen 15 months from now. I'm just getting to the point where they're accurate enough to predict what's going to happen in about six months. Uh, hopefully with the new, with a little fine tuning, I could be able to predict what's going to happen on specific days, uh, over a year from now. So, but we're not there yet, uh, with the weather models, but hopefully we will be soon. But thank you for your question, Bam Pro Updates. Thank you. All right, we, uh, we we end the podcast with a question from Joseph Bolin at Joseph B 1982 Drew, Mar- we, we are running out of time on the podcast, and I'm late to breaking down film, so uh, we'll have to get to his question next week. But thank you, Joseph, for your mind to, to ask your question first, and we'll get to it. So uh, thank you for your question, Joseph. We'll get to it first thing next week. All right, uh, Mark, thanks so much. Uh, congratulations to the Iron again, and we will talk to you guys soon.